If you have experienced anxiety, then you are going to 100% relate to this episode as I talk about the unspoken, something that is rarely talked about when it comes to experiencing anxiety, and that is having an anxiety hangover. Now, before we get into the episode, I would like to share with you that if you are listening to this before the 27th of March, 2023, then I invite you to join me on a 21-day anxiety reset. This is an intimate container, a small group container that focuses on interrupting your anxiety patterns and helping you to feel calm and take a positive step towards a life where anxiety does not dominate and hold its strong grip on the decisions that you make and the way that you feel. So as a part of this container, you get 21 days of real-time voice support with me. You get three calls where we are going to, they're practical calls where we'll be regulating your nervous system, where we'll be working on acceptance and also in our third call, we'll be doing a group hypnosis on worrying thoughts and you can consume this live or via replay. Um, And then you've also got some amazing bonuses like my mindfulness for anxiety masterclass and uh, my overcoming anxiety, anxious thoughts ebook. So if you are listening to this before the 27th of March and you would like to explore that container, then I will link that in the show notes. Otherwise, if you've missed that, I don't know if I'm going to be making this offer again, running this particular group again. Um, So just reach out to me if you are listening and you are ready to move forward from your anxiety and you know that you are ready to do that with support. Just reach out to me. Um, There is a a link uh, in the show notes for a getting to know you call. It's complimentary. It's 20 minutes. We have a phone call to see where you're at and if there's anything that I offer that could support you to move forward. Now, with that being said, let's get into the episode. This is Alive and Thriving, where we tackle all things that stand in the way of holistic well-being and self-care in life and as women in business. Join me for real and raw conversations and inspiring guests who are expert in their fields as we come back to life together, overcoming stress, anxiety, nourishing our mind, body, and emotions. I am your host, Jessica Reed, alternative therapist, life and well-being coach. And if you are ready to grow, heal and thrive together, then you are in the right place. So as mental health awareness is growing and there is more and more talk, open talk about anxiety, which I believe is absolutely fantastic, uh, that more people are normalizing how they are feeling. Because I remember when I was in the thick of everything and before I was actually willing to accept that anxiety was what I was experiencing because every time I had a panic attack, it felt exactly like when I had had a pulmonary embolism. So for me, I was like, oh, this is happening again. <laughs> I, I remember feeling so scared and so alone um, and just 
really terrified of what was going on in my body. Like really, really terrified. Uh, Because to me, all I knew was I didn't feel healthy. I didn't feel normal. So with all of these conversations happening, you know, we are taking some comfort in, and by we, I mean us anxiety experiences. (laughs) Uh, You know, we're taking some comfort in knowing that people, other people understand how we're feeling and that there is not something fundamentally wrong with you. And there's not, I can assure you there's not. Anxiety always has a reason. There is always a reason. It may not be logical to your mind, but there is always a reason. So we are bringing awareness to what panic attacks feel like, how to recognize panic attacks, how to recognize anxiety. We're bringing awareness to coping strategies. We are utilizing tools like mindfulness and other techniques like EFT tapping meditation, um, holistic approaches to prevent anxiety. And we are talking openly about trauma and diving into the root cause of anxiety, which on a side note, I really believe is neglected in so many areas of traditional uh, approach. Um, In my opinion, that's my opinion based on my own personal experiences. Um, But something that is really unspoken I feel about anxiety and it's a big deal because we don't give ourselves much compassion around this area is the anxiety hangover. Now this hangover, this anxiety hangover is the physical and emotional symptoms that may persist even after the initial trigger of your anxiety or your panic attack has passed. So let's dive even deeper into this topic. Now, some days are just anxious days. They really are. And sometimes there may not seem to even be a trigger for that. Depending on your season of life, your hormones, your recent diet, your stress levels, your health, you may find that some days or some periods like weeks um, are more anxious than others for you. And I know as somebody who has lived in years of relentless anxiety um, and has been in that space, you know, where they, where it does feel like it is in control and you are not, I know that these days they're familiar, you know, they are just how it is sometimes. And if you experience the anxiety that I know that you know how they feel. And now this may start from your stress response that is just keeping you really dysregulated or it may stem from thoughts that you are having. Okay, so it might be going through your cortex anxiety pathway, which I teach in the 21-day anxiety reset. And if it's stemming from your stress response, then it's taking the amygdala pathway. Either way, at some point, you are going to feel anxious in your body once this response has taken place. So let's think about your stress response. When you are in the thick of your anxiety, 
You are in your body's stress response, your fight or flight response, your sympathetic nervous system. Now, I've spoken about this a lot and I do teach this in my memberships as well as the anxiety reset that's coming up. But basically, when your amygdala has been activated, your amygdala being the part of your brain that is always scanning for danger internally and externally, a small but very, very powerful cluster of neurons move into the brainstem, okay? And this sends messages to all of the areas in your body that are involved in your fight or flight response. Now, this includes the release of hormones, stress hormones, such as cortisol, which is designed to fuel your muscles for violent, rapid muscular action. You know, you want to fight something, you need to flee something, then we need that excess glucose in your muscles so that you can move. And the and another one, of course, is adrenaline. Now you think about the role of adrenaline. We need adrenaline before we run a race. We need adrenaline before we do something that is designed to get our heart pumping, our breath rate moving faster. And so if you think about the effects of these hormones alone in your body, purely from a physical perspective, you've got your raised elevated heart rate. And you may notice this with your anxiety. You may, and that elevated heart rate may actually manifest for you as a feelings of a lump in your throat or tightness across your chest. You may notice shallow breathing. You may feel like you can't take a deep breath. You may find yourself yawning often just to get that deep oxygenated breath in. Now, these are all things that happen because of the excess adrenaline. Because our heart rate is pumping faster, our breath rate has increased because our body is expecting us to fight or flee. You may notice muscle tension. Muscle tension is your very first early warning sign of stress. And when we have had prolonged muscle tension across our chest, our shoulders, our neck, our jaw, our forehead, prolonged muscle tension the amygdala that's always scanning internally and externally for danger is sensitive to muscle tension. So prolonged muscle tension on its own can lead to anxiety. Now, you may also notice digestive changes. Um, You may notice that, you know, you need to go to the loo um, when you're really anxious more often. Your tummy may be really upset. Your appetite may change. If you are in a prolonged period of anxiety, then you might notice changes in your sexual function. And that is because during fight or flight, during our stress response period, in our, when our sympathetic nervous system is activated, we don't need any of those things. We don't need to digest food properly. We don't need to make babies. We don't need any of those things during that period because survival is what is the end game. Survival is the end game. So now imagine that you spend, say, just a few hours feeling anxious Again, maybe with your anxious thoughts that are causing a feeling in your body, maybe with, um, you know, just feelings of discomfort in your body that you can't quite point out why they're happening. But imagine you spend a few hours feeling anxious with your higher heart rate, your shallow breathing, 
which may lead to feeling dizzy. Think about hyperventilation. Or a few days feeling anxious. Oh, and tingles just on the hyperventilation, the tingles as well in the fingers and the toes. Remember, um, your blood supply is going to different areas of your body that need it to fight or flee, like your heart (laughs) to pump, you know. Um, Your breathing is shallow, so you're not getting as much oxygenated blood around. So just normalizing in the sense of, I don't... (laughs) When I say normalizing, I don't want you to to normalize that living with anxiety is how you should be living or should's probably not the right word. But I want you to know that there is options for you. That there is possibility for you. That living in a space, in a body, in a mind that is not consumed with anxiety is possible for you, even if it is all your body and mind have known for a very long time. So when I say normalize, I don't mean because you feel this way, you can't change it. But I mean, these symptoms, I get it. They're they're normal anxiety symptoms. They are not things to fear. They are not, they are very uncomfortable, but they are just your stress response. Your anxiety, your panic is an overreaction of your stress response. Now, back to what I was talking about. (laughs) So let's imagine that you spend a few days feeling anxious, that you have your muscles tense this whole time because you may notice as you are listening to this whether you're walking or whether you're sitting down just do a quick intake what are my shoulders doing are they raised up are they hunched forward is my chest constricted is my jaw clenched tight just do a quick intake am I squeezing my forehead take a nice deep breath and let all these muscle tensions go as you let go Because let's say you've spent a few days or even weeks or even years in this state where your muscles have spent this whole time tense and your heart rate increases regularly and your breath rate increases and you have excess cortisol in your body and excess adrenaline ready for you to run a marathon. If you were actually running a marathon that whole time for hours, days or weeks or months or years, you would expect to be physically exhausted. So why are we so surprised when our bodies have an anxiety hangover, when the physical changes in our body is just like we have been running a marathon, like we have been exercising, like we have been doing something physical in our body for a long period of time with an emotional cocktail of things like dread, um, you know, pure feelings of fear, shame, guilt, whatever else you're throwing into your emotional cocktail. So why are we so hard on ourselves to expect that you can go through all of this and your body is magically going to 
repair and heal itself. Now, this physical impact, this physical toll that we've spoken about, when you have these moments of anxiety, are going to impact things like sleep, which of course can cause further anxiety. And we think about sleep from two perspectives. One is that, you know, if you were really under threat, which your brain believes you are when you're anxious, why would you sleep if there was danger outside? You need to be alert. You may be waking up more regularly. You may have trouble getting back to sleep because of your thoughts. It's, it's a survival coping mechanism. It's, everything comes back to us being wired for survival. And then we look at the excess cortisol in the body. Now, the role of cortisol, it naturally spikes around the hours of 4 and 5 a.m. And that is so that you can get up, be alert, so that you can have, you know, energy to, to get through your day, to wake up. Now, if your cortisol is spiking throughout your day because you are in long-term stress, which is anxiety... When I talk about a state of stress, I also am meaning anxiety. You know, of course, it's going to keep you awake. So it is also going to impact your stress, this anxiety periods. Because when you have had these periods of high emotions, high anxiety, uh, physical stress on the body from the stress response, then that is going to directly impact your capacity to cope. It is going to impact your productivity and your focus because, again, we are wired for survival. So when the amygdala is in control and there are physical changes happening in your body, you are not, you know, looking to solve maths equations or looking to plan out your day in a productive and effective and, I don't know, money-making way. You are looking to survive. So you might be feeling brain fogged, you might be feeling uh, mentally fatigued, you might be feeling confused and that is because your logical brain is not in the driver's seat at this point in time. Uh, It may impact your health. So we look at the long-term impact of cortisol in the body. Cortisol by nature is quite acidic. So cortisol can directly impact your lymphatic drainage system because of its acidic nature, which of course is going to impact your immune system. Uh, Adrenaline, long-term impact of adrenaline in the body can also include um, the spreading of some cancers. Some cancers have cells on the end of them that are receptive to adrenaline. It think about health in terms of digestion. We spoke about earlier why we don't need our digestion to function properly when we're in a long-term state of stress or anxiety. And I don't really know well anyone really um, that I have come across that has been in a long-term state of stress or anxiety and hasn't experienced some sort of tummy issues. Um, of course, get all these things checked, ruled out, but I've just saying by association (laughs) um your sexual health 
again, your your reproductive system does not need to function properly. You hear people say, oh, my periods are regular. It's always late. Um, you know, PMS, PMDD symptoms are exasperated, all sorts of things. Um, people having trouble conceiving um, fertility issues during these prolonged states of anxiety and stress. Again, I'm not claiming that this is the root cause of anybody's issues, but it is certainly worth taking into account from a holistic perspective what these long-term states of anxiety are going to impact. And then we spoke again about your immune system as well. So stress will have a direct impact on your immune system, making you more susceptible to, you know, colds, flus, viruses, um, you know, anything like that, as well as long-term illness. Um, So, so many things. My goodness me. Do you know, when I said colds, my Google from another room just started saying to me, I understand and something about colds, like, the shopping centre. <laughs> I just pause for a second. I was like, who is talking to me right now when I am recording this podcast all alone? But apparently Google is always listening. <laughs> so yeah, look, we're looking at long-term health issues and there are so, so many different illnesses now that are being linked back to stress that are being limb and when I I mean talk about stress, I'm talking about your stress response in your body, which you are experiencing. And again, you can learn more about this in the 21 day anxiety reset when we explore amygdala based anxiety, amygdala pathway anxiety. But you know, when you are experiencing these long term states of stress from all of these different reasons that I've already spoken about in terms of the physical changes that happen in your body, there is an unbelievably long list of illnesses that are now being linked back to being associated with or potentially even caused by long-term states of stress. Okay, so just knowing that what is happening in your body, and this is not to cause you more anxiety. This is because... I'm sharing this with you because this knowledge and this awareness, depending on what mindset you want to look at it from, can be really, really empowering to know that when you choose to intervene your anxiety, when you choose to nourish your body, and I'm going to talk about this in just a moment, when you choose to engage your parasympathetic nervous system, which is the opposite of the sympathetic. It is the one where your digestion returns to normal, where your breath rate slows, where your heart rate slows. You actually have choices. You have things that you can do in your day. And, you know, I have whole other episodes on this, so I'm not going to go deep into that, but I am going to talk about nourishing in a moment. So when you hear what this long-term anxiety is going to impact, I really challenge you to look at your mindset and look at the stories that happen when you hear that. Because if the first thing you think is, oh my goodness, my health, I really want you to think, okay, but I have this awareness now that is going to allow me to make a choice, that is going to allow me to explore and work even harder to make friends with my anxiety, to learn techniques and tools to intervene my anxiety and learn how to help it long-term. 
So also we're looking at energy as well. You know, obviously you're pooped, you're exhausted if you have had these physical changes happening in your body for days, weeks, months, years. This can lead to things like chronic fatigue, adrenal fatigue, all sorts of things. Okay, so your energy, you're pooped, you're tired, you're physically exhausted. So when we have the odd anxious day here and there, you may find that you recover from this a bit quicker. You know, it's like, I don't know, the difference from a hangover between one or two glasses of wine and 10. (laughs) I don't know. I, I don't know. It's been so long since I've had a drink, but it's, you know, it is, you think about your ability to recover or it's the difference between how you recover, you know, from a workout when you have not had done a workout for a really, really long time and or, or when you've, you know, been working out regularly. So if you've had the odd anxious day, your recovery might be quite quickly, might be quite quick. However, if you are in this state for a prolonged period of time, okay, so days, weeks, months, years, then it is likely that your emotional residue and the physical discomfort that has been happening in your body is going to take longer to pass through. And if that is you, I have been there and I want you to know that that is okay. Let's accept that this is where our body is at. And I can give you an example of you know, what this looks like. So for me, a lot of you will know if you've listened to my podcast or you follow me on social media that I had years and years and years of living in this high state of stress response, physical illness um, that led to anxiety disorder, that led to panic disorder. Um, And so now I'm in this space where anxiety attacks are few and far between. I'm very familiar with my triggers. Most of them are emotional. Some of them are environmental, like light, for example. I'm still sensitive to um, to like fluorescent lighting as well as too much screen time, but that's okay. I know my triggers. I don't plan my life around them anymore because I'm in a much better space. And for the majority of my days, I wake up feeling good. So when I do have a prolonged period of anxiety, which still happens because I am human, um, that hangover is a lot more noticeable for me. And that is because that hangover is no longer my normal way of being. Because when you are in that prolonged state, all of the common hangover symptoms that I'm going to talk about in a moment, they're your normal. That's just how you feel every day. So for me, I recently experienced a week where things became stressful. I was emotionally triggered um, and I experienced quite a few days in a row of anxiety and this was more intense than I had experienced in quite a long time. So occasionally, and I mean occasionally now, I will have panic attacks. I recognize them quite quickly. I throw my coping skills into action. I shorten the panic attacks and I recover really quickly. 
But what happened this week was was not normal for me. I was really out of my comfort zone. I had a lot of emotional triggers. I had my hormonal triggers as well, and I could not avoid my light and migraine triggers. So this is like for me, <laughs> this is like for me, the the full Monty, like it is like the whole, you know, the whole shebang. I can't think of any other cliche words, but, you know, um, and so for me, I experienced four silent panic attacks over the space of a couple of days. Now, if I'm not going to talk right now about silent panic attacks, but I will do um, an Instagram post on there on those. So pop over and check out the difference between a silent panic attack and, and a not silent panic attack. But I had four silent panic attacks and they were full on. And what I was starting to notice and observe, because I am very self-aware now after all of this work, is that my focus was going towards the panic going towards the way that I was feeling and noticing the tension in my chest, noticing the lump in my throat and anticipating my next panic attack. Okay, so this is where I'm talking about when we have these prolonged periods and what can happen is that particularly with our hangover, we can actually induce more panic from these um, symptoms and these experiences, which is why I really feel it's so important to bring awareness to them. So for the last couple of days, which is after I have had these, you know, really full on panic experiences where I didn't feel fantastic for the majority of my days and I had four silent panic attacks. I have been so hungover in my body. Now, that for me has felt like a really tight chest. And I caught myself thinking just the other day, oh, why was my chest so tight? What's going on? Am I getting sick? I'm not panicking anymore. I'm not anxious. And then it hit me, which is a little bit how this um, topic has come up on my podcast But it hit me. I was like, this is the anxiety hangover. I haven't experienced it like this for so long because I recover so quickly from the odd anxiety attacks and because it is no longer my normal. I felt so fatigued, so emotional, like a little bit numb and then a little bit like I wanted to cry. And by the way, if you are experiencing anxiety or panic and you can do something to help you cry and have that release, please do. It helps so much. Uh, If you can have like a muscle tension release, then that will help as well. And if you can have some kind of like orgasmic release, that will also help. But for the last two days, I have been feeling tight chested, really fatigued and in the space of this emotional hangover. And so I really wanted to talk to you about this common, like what a common hangover experience might feel like. Obviously, everybody's body is different. And then how you can help yourself through it as well. 
So we've had these panic attacks or, or we've had these prolonged anxiety attacks or this prolonged period of anxiety in your mind, remembering that your brain uses 80% of your daily energy. And so if you're worried, 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 then you are unknowingly activating your stress response. Your amygdala is scanning your thoughts for danger is scanning your body's reaction and when you are worried you will likely have muscle tension and again the amygdala is sensitive to muscle tension so you've had this experience and the anxiety has now passed a little bit like me for the last couple of days the anxiety is passed i'm calm <laughs> i'm not anxious anymore i haven't had a panic attack but my body and your body in these cases and your mind is like, okay, well, I feel like I've been hit by a bus. Everything hurts because I have been so tense during this time. I am absolutely exhausted because my heart has been running consistently faster as if I have just done consistent exercise for four solid days in a row, nonstop. Probably haven't slept very well. And I have drained myself energetically from this range of intense and draining emotions throughout this experience. You cannot just expect that having these massive changes in your body is not going to impact your mind and your body and the way that you feel. You can't expect that you are just going to magically bounce back. And so common hangover experiences may feel like fatigue. Again, you'll have your own experience, but you may resonate with some of these. Muscle tension, headaches, migraine, irritability, just feeling emotional or really flat and numb difficulty concentrating, feelings of unease, restlessness, and that tight chest and lump in the throat feeling beyond the anxiety. So the anxiety has passed, but that tight chest remains because your muscles, you are still hunched forward and your muscles have been so tight for so long that they need a hand to actually release. And what you've got to be really careful here with these hangover experiences is that they don't cause you more anxiety. Because this could have been me a couple of days ago when I told you just before that I noticed that my chest was still tight. I so easily could have gone, panic, tight chest, panic. Now, I have done a lot of work um, with EFT to desensitize the story an event that I had associated with my panic attacks. I spoke earlier about the pulmonary embolism and how I had associated those two feelings together. So now I can feel the tight chest and I can just, and the panic attack, and I can just recognize it for what it is. It's a panic attack. Still has a lot of fear behind it because that's what panic is. Fear, dread. But I so easily could have sat in that tight chest And caused myself more panic. So how do you avoid that? How do you help yourself recover 
so that this hangover experience and recover from the anxiety, from the panic, remembering the physical toll it's taken on your body. So I'm going to offer you a few suggestions. You may like to come back to this moment. Uh, What are we at? We are at about 35 minutes. If you want to come back to this with a journal, if you're out walking around, otherwise pause me, grab something to write down because here is how you're going to help yourself to recover. All right. This isn't, this isn't the teenage or early twenties hangover where we recover with a Big Mac. No. (laughs) Or the hair of the dog. How do they say the hair of the dog? No, this is not that kind of hangover. To recover from your anxiety hangover, you need to be kind and you need to be gentle with yourself. Your body has been through a lot. This is not the time to go and vigorously exercise. Okay, this is not the time to go and put more stress on your body. You might like to, and when I say kind and gentle to yourself too, I'm also talking about compassion self-compassion. I have been through this experience. I am safe. It is okay that I feel this way. I am human. My body is recovering. I choose to be kind to myself, not what the hell is wrong with me. We might like to put some heat across your back. Okay, so your shoulder blades, like yes, your neck, but I'm talking more about the chest and the chest discomfort. So heat on your tight muscles, heat across that chest cavity, heat between your shoulder blades. That will really help. A relaxation bath with some Epsom magnesium salts in there. Again, supporting the muscles. The warmth is just going to help to loosen up those tense muscles. You may like to do some kind of breathing, floating relaxation in the bathtub. Breathing, just deep breathing to support that nervous system regulation. This is what I was talking about before when I said we're going to talk about how to nourish yourself and helping yourself through this experience is nourishing your nervous system. Not saying I'm going to push through because pushing through is going to keep you in fight or flight mode and likely cause you more anxiety, more panic and the cycle continues. So using techniques such as EFT tapping to support the residual emotions, even though I'm still scared that I might have another panic attack, even though I'm feeling flat and drained, even though I'm irritable, even though I want to cry, I accept that I feel this way using EFT to, and if you don't know what tapping is, head to my website, download the free video, learn how to use this amazing tool to support yourself. It changed my life changes the life of my clients. Journaling during this time where you are nourishing your nervous system, where you are validating how you are feeling. So simple journaling prompts like I am feeling and this is okay. I'm giving a voice to how I feel. I'm giving a voice to what just happened. I am validating my experience, just really validating how you feel. 
Now, creating space for yourself wherever you can. And I recognize that, you know, we can't just always shut everything out. We have kids, we have work, we have businesses. You know, we can't just go and switch everything off. But perhaps a rest day is going to be okay for you, whatever that might look like. Because let's keep in mind that, as I said before, when you go, 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 you stay in fight or flight mode and your amygdala is more sensitive to this. You are going to cause yourself more stress and therefore more anxiety. Sleeping, if you can. And if you struggle to sleep, meditation to allow yourself that deep rest, self-hypnosis. If you are in Thrive, you have access to my meditation and self-hypnosis libraries. Gentle movement to help release excess adrenaline. So getting out in nature, grounding, sitting in the grass, sitting by a lake, sitting by the beach if you're lucky enough to live by the beach. And gentle movement, stretching, yoga, tai chi, walking, just releasing that excess adrenaline from your body. Staying hydrated is another way to really nourish yourself. Really important. Just as if you're exercising, stay hydrated. And refueling your body with nourishing foods. Again, you have just been through this ordeal. How can I help my body to recover? Avoid stimulants such as sugar, caffeine, or alcohol. I know that for a lot of us, they are coping strategies. Uh, there are stories that go on in our mind about how these things help us to relax, but they won't, and they will stimulate. They will stimulate the anxiety. So just keeping that in mind. Now, hugging someone as well is another way to help nourish your nervous system while you are recovering in your anxiety hangover. Some kind of co-regulation. So sitting, holding hands and breathing with somebody, husband, wife, child, partner, dog. <laughs> and now I giggle, but, I, you know, we've all hugged our dogs and or cats and felt... I don't have a cat, but, you know, my dog. Um, and felt that unconditional love and that safety. So co-regulation with a person, with a pet. And then, of course, seeking professional help if this is something that you experience regularly, or something that's taking over. So finding a therapist of some kind that you trust. Um, as a part of my one-on-one packages I offer voice support for my clients um, during the duration of their packages and it is for exactly this reason because the panic attacks and these things that happen the long-term anxiety the thoughts that won't switch off the hangover experiences they don't happen in your one hour therapy session they happen in the in-between and so the big breakthroughs I find and that support you know, in between the sessions is something that I offer that I know 
moves mountains for people. And I do this for this exact reason. And then, of course, if you're looking for long-term anxiety, uh, I guess, release, then you look at reprogramming. You look at the root causes, the things that are stuck in your subconscious mind, the things that are stuck in your body, the trauma, the beliefs, the stories, the associations, the triggers that are keeping you repeating these patterns of anxiety. So I guess that's pretty much what I wanted to talk about with anxiety hangovers. You know, I haven't partied much since I was really in my early 20s and I have not had a drink that has given me a hangover since before my first child who is seven and a half. But, and, you know, in the traditional sense of partying, I guess I'm talking about, you know, um, with the traditional sense of a hangover. But I do remember back then how normalized it was to have a hangover Sunday, you know, to have that day you knew it was coming because you knew what you were doing to your body the night before. You knew your head was going to hurt. You knew that you were going to possibly throw up. I always threw up. Um, you know, you knew that you, what you were in for, you knew you were going to have no energy. You planned for your day after your hangover day to eat what you want to eat, watch movies, put your feet up, not really engage with anybody. Uh, you gave yourself permission to do that when you were hungover, when you were younger. Well, at least I did and people I know around me did. And so I'm wondering, and I really would love to pose this question to you, why would you not allow yourself the same hangover grace from an anxiety hangover, particularly when you reflect back to the beginning of our conversation where we talk about what it is doing to your body. So you may find that allowing yourself the space to rest, to recover properly without jumping back into the fast-pacedness of life as best as you can, to heal properly from your from your prolonged period of anxiety is actually going to decrease the frequency that you will have your anxiety attacks because it all feeds off your stress response so be kind to yourself be caring towards yourself be compassionate and respectful of what is happening prioritize your well-being prioritize your health And I would love to hear from you if you found this episode helpful, if you are ready to break free from your anxiety. So until next week, jump over on social media at jessica.read.ilc and jump in my DMs and let me know what's your experience with anxiety hangovers. Let me know if this episode has been helpful. What are you going to do to nourish your nervous system? Are you like me and you are in a space where your anxiety is few and far between so you really feel the hangover or are you living daily in your hangover at the moment? I want to hear from you. Take care. Talk to you soon. Next week, in fact. (laughs) And thanks so much for tuning in to Alive and Thriving. 
You have been listening to Alive and Thriving by Inspired Life Collective. Did you know that you can help us to impact even more women on their well-being journey simply by subscribing to this podcast and leaving a review? If stress or anxiety, life or business has got you feeling inside like you are just busting to come back to life, then I invite you to book a discovery call with me so we can chat about how Inspired Life Collective private and online services might be able to support you through your journey. I am so, so grateful to you for being here and having me in your ears. So until the next episode, just remember that you were born to thrive.